This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Stress on the job. Are you experiencing it? And what is it about your work that is stressing you out or maybe burning you out? And if you're running a business, you're an employer, how has employee burnout affected your place of business? 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Research suggests Canadian employers are spending more than $6 billion a year on lost productivity due to mental health issues. In fact, about a third of disability claims are due to mental illness as employees try to combat the stress of their jobs. Joining us to discuss, Dr. Kati Kamkar, clinical psychologist at the Centre for Addiction and Mental Health. Hello, Dr. Kamkar. Hello. May I call you Kati? Absolutely, and thank you. And Dr. Nisha Jackson, also on the line, author of Brilliant Burnout and a health specialist who's developed a fast-track treatment plan to help relieve work-related stress. Dr. Jackson, may I call it you, Nisha? Please do. Thank you. Okay, thank you both for being on the line with us. Uh, Dr. Kamkar, Kati, I'll start with you to understand why employees get burned out. What leads to this? I'm very happy that we are finally approaching that subject. As you have also mentioned, $51 million is spent annually on mental health care costs in Canada, and a large bulk of it, at least 35% of it, is in regards to mental health disabilities related to absenteeism, reduced productivity, short-term and long-term disability. And we also know that the costs associated with mental health disabilities are at least seven times higher than the costs associated with physical health disabilities and so more likely to reoccur and also because of the prolonged, um, because of the chronicity nature of it as well. Um, Certainly we have worked on increasing education and mental health promotion and especially education around uh, mental health and um, so so what are essentially the warning signs and Mm -hmm. the importance of uh, seeking help and early intervention. Burnout, of course, very important issue, even though it is not a mental health, uh, it's not a psychological disorder or a mental health disorder per se. It is a significant mental health issue impacting health and performance. And certainly we know that the key symptoms of burnout, very different from depression and anxiety or stress, related of course, but different. But the symptoms can be very much uh, disabling, so related to um, exhaustion, so emotional, physical, psychological exhaustion, the sense of cynicism uh, that might take in place, apathy, and of course, the reduced uh, personal accomplishment. Well, you hit a lot of areas there. Explain for us uh, what mental health issues could look like in the workplace so that co-workers and bosses might see this ahead of time. 
Um, yes, absolutely. So it could be then we feel exhausted, emotionally, physically, uh, psychologically exhausted to the point that there's this immense level of fatigue, motivation can go down, uh, produ- performance and productivity goes down. And essentially what we notice is the sense of passion and zest that we had goes down. But what's also important within it is this reduced self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. So essentially um, it could be that we might have worked and done the same work for let's say 30 years and we might have been very skilled and competent at it but here there is this reduced pursuit self-efficacy so we can say you know what I've been doing this for 30 years but I really cannot see myself doing it anymore and we also notice a, a sense of loss in the you know in a sense of self in our identity so for example uh, we feel that there is this distrust that is taking place we might not trust ourselves we don't trust others there is this reduced uh, pleasure in activities uh, or distrust in others that I just mentioned so it becomes very scary because we realize that, wow, I'm not the same person anymore. Okay. I do not recognize myself anymore. So, of course, gradually it can translate into behavioral changes. So, for example, it could be productivity going down. We might not attend certain meetings or the office door might be closed or we might not laugh as much as before or joke as much as before. So, obviously, over time it becomes very concerning and noticeable to others. And so if we're not able to catch those, some of those symptoms ahead of time, the over, and especially when we talk about chronic stress, over time, this chronic stress and sense of feeling that I'm losing control, I'm feeling powerless, I feel helpless, can lead into increasing the risk for burnout and certainly then um, increase the risk for psychological disorders and then also medical physical conditions as well. We always want to keep in mind the mind-body connection. From the employee's perspective, when you start to feel uh, a lot of the symptoms that you've described, what is the best course of action? And I'll talk with uh, Nisha, Dr. Jackson, about this as well. Yes, yeah, so it's very important because initially it could just be um, the stress that becomes so excessive and we feel that we are not able to cope um, with the stress anymore, or it could be anxiety for a variety of issues or feeling depressed or, or a variety of other workplace-related stress or other elements. But if at any time we notice that, um, you know, it, it's becoming more and more difficult to cope with the work demands or we are feeling that uh, we do not have, let's say, enough of the training or skills or the resources support to be able to cope with the demands, or we feel that our roles or responsibilities are not necessarily clear, or there are other issues going on in our life, let's say, other personal responsibilities, difficult, immense difficulty, keeping up a sense of balance that um, that could lead to a productivity and engagement and health and satisfaction in our life, and ultimately we know that it really affects our health and our and our work, all those elements in, in becoming more difficult over time, then we want to, it's very important to seek help to talk about it with our managers, supervisors, mm-hmm. and then also to seek professional help is needed. Interestingly, we always talk about absenteeism. A lot of attention and research is around absenteeism. Now, more thankfully, there is more attention around presenteeism. So presenteeism is when we are physically at work, but mentally we are somewhere else. So we are not achieving our full potential. The productivity is down. And there's all of indication that when we struggle with mental health problems, we're more suffering, we're suffering more from presenteeism than absenteeism. So even when we catch that, okay, I'm not able to achieve my full productivity or my full uh, potential, Mm -hmm. it's very important to seek help because sometimes it could just be a little adjustment in our work schedule or a work demand or anything, a little adjustment that then we're able to to manage the stress better, 
better, the, the demands are better, and certainly I work on productivity and overall health. All right, let's go to Dr. Nisha Jackson, author of Brilliant Burnout, and who's developed a fast-track treatment plan to help relieve work-related stress. Nisha, Dr. Jackson, what, first of all, happens to our brains under excessive stress? You say they actually shrink. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, let's, let's face it. Today, there's so many pressures on men and women out there, which I think is moving into feeling like the workplace is the most stressful environment when, when indeed there's other things going on, poor lifestyle habits, we're not sleeping as well, our diet's filled with toxins, maybe we're not exercising as much as we should, which leads to hormonal imbalances and thus imbalances in the brain. And so we wonder why at three o'clock in the afternoon, when we feel like our head's going to blow off our shoulders and we're not reacting to stress very well, and we're snapping at people and we're irritable. No wonder we're doing that because all of our lifestyle habits and our hurried lifestyle and being constantly plugged in with all of these devices, no wonder we're snapping. And what's happening is, is that the stress is causing an imbalance in our serotonin and dopamine levels in our brain, which is causing us to overreact. And people don't understand this. They're not connecting the dots between what they're succumbing themselves to, what, what they're, what they're, um, what they're, what they're doing to themselves, and then thinking it's their job stress. And indeed, it really probably isn't their job stress. It's everything else put together that's affecting their chemistry in their brain, but also their hormone levels. So you're both saying that there are signs, um, I'm just hearing it in different ways, uh, in terms of getting help, helping yourself, talking to your manager, going to an HR person, having those conversations with people at work. But to actually start treating yourself, uh, Dr. Jackson, you say there are ways to optimize new brain cell generation so that you'll have fewer mental and emotional breakdowns. Explain to us the therapy around that. Absolutely. So the most important thing to understand is that we are asking ourselves to do things that are not humanly possible. To be plugged in and high on adrenaline all day long is not, is not chemically or humanly possible. So in order to give ourselves some space in our brain, we have to take a time out. And that could be five minutes. It could be 10 minutes. It could be when you're feeling like you're really irritable. It could be first thing in the morning. It could be all of those times where you just absolutely unplug. You're not holding a device in your hand. You're not answering emails. You're not texting somebody. You're not watching something on your computer. You are completely unplugged, eyes closed, and you're breathing deep. It could be five minutes. The research shows that that, that adjusts your cortisol, which is kind of like adrenaline. Your level is it gets you completely unplugged. And what that does is it opens up space for you to be able to see things more clearly and react more normally and adjust yourself. So this is something people aren't doing because they're addicted. They're adrenaline junkies. They're addicted to what they're getting from their, what they're, what they're getting from their phones, right. staying busy all of the time, constantly going between multiple activities and multiple things in their brain. They can't remember anything. They can't focus. And they think they have a physical problem when they don't. So these things are completely under the control of every single person. It's most likely not their job stress. It's most likely what they're not doing for self-care. And, and so what, what we try to teach our patients in our medical practices is 
taking a step back and saying, what am I doing to myself every day that's allowing myself to think more clearly and focus more uh, appropriately at work and react more normally at work? What am I doing to be able to prepare my body and my brain to do that? Because if you're not sleeping and you're not eating correctly, meaning lots of fresh food, all whole foods, not try to get away from packaged foods, foods that, that have lots of preservatives and additives, and then we were actually eating real food, like real vegetables, lean proteins, nuts and seeds, eating regular optimal food and, and giving yourself a mental break during the day where you're taking a time out and clearing your brain. Uh, it causes a lot of confusion when you're not stepping back and clearing your brain. And this is something very simple that, that everybody can do, but you just have to make it a priority. And I want to talk to you. Uh, we need to take a quick break. And I do want to talk to you about how we go about doing that. But I just want to tell you that I had a little moment where I realized we think that I think by staying busy, we'll stay more alert and more awake and more in, in touch with what we're doing and we won't get sluggish. But in fact, you're, you're suggesting that taking that time out in whatever way, and, and we'll find out how to do that well when we come back, but that that is going to help us be better be more in tune with what's happening at work. So it's it's almost the exact opposite way that we've been trained or we've come to live with all of this technology around us. That's right. It's very simple and it's very basic, but most of the stuff is basic. We're just not doing it. Joining us for this segment, Dr. Kati Kamkar, clinical psychologist at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, and Dr. Nisha Jackson, author of Brilliant Burnout, who's going to tell us how to fast track our a plan to help relieve this work-related stress. Uh, first, Dr. Kamkar Kati, uh, can you explain for us from the employer's point of view, because this is of interest to a lot of people, uh, older, more mature people who are listening, who may be running a business. How do you know? What do you, what can you see an employee in an employee to know that they're getting stressed out? Well, certainly when we notice that um, productivity goes down or essentially key behavioral changes. So it could be, for example, uh, a person arrives to, to work later than usual, um, is not attending or stop me attending certain meetings, the productivity has gone down, uh, mood changes. So a lot of kind of those behavioral changes often might be um, some signs and indicators. And so it, it is often helpful in a very uh, sympathetic and empathetic way to really approach and to ask if everything is going okay and, um, and if any help um, could, be, could, could, could be provided. Certainly in terms of we know in terms of um, from an organizational perspective, when, as I have mentioned before, um, if for any work demands, um, we are able to be provided uh, with training or resources and skills and 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 um, and support um, needed to cope with demands, it becomes very helpful because we know that when demands become very excessive and we do not perceive ourselves as being able to cope with the demands, it leads to a lot of stress. And of course, that stress it becomes very high, chronic over time. This is what I mentioned. It can increase the risk for burnout and other psychological uh, disorders and physical health conditions. Certainly, as I had mentioned, any of um, work-life imbalance um, can lead to a lot of stress. And of course, um, any interpersonal conflict um, at work can lead to a lot of stress. So we know 
supportive relationship at work, quality, uh, peer support, and a healthy uh, culture, organizational culture becomes tremendously important. And also to be valued, to be recognized for what we do, um, to be appreciated for what we do. All part of uh, people-oriented organizational culture can uh, be uh, tremendously, tremendously helpful. Interesting, when we talk about compassion, satisfaction, and professional worth all have to do when we feel that what we do is being recognized, is being valued, um, and um, and is also consistent with the organizational goals. All um, have been shown to be provided to lead to overall life satisfaction, but definitely also work satisfaction as well. And also, as I've just been mentioned, anything that we can also do uh, individually can make a tremendous difference. I mean, we certainly talk about how to build um, in our own individualized resiliency. So self-care, tremendously important. So to take a break, and that's a very individualized approach, and um, to take a break, but and also, as I've just been mentioned, eating right. We always know about the mind-body connection. Right. Any physical exercise can be helpful. And people can sometimes say, I don't have time to go to the gym. And they don't have to. Even 15, 20-minute walk a day can make a difference. Five-minute walk here or there can make a difference. Eating right, um, proper sleep hygiene, um, um, and also, uh, from work to home, any healthy, uh, soothing transition from work to home can also make a significant difference. And also, adopting a balanced, healthy outlook so that then we are able to uh, put everything into perspective, recognize our positives, our resources, our strengths. And so, we are able to make healthier decisions, healthier action plan, and move forward. Dr. Jackson, uh, Nisha, before the break, we were talking about um, that disconnecting that's so important to rebalance everything in your body and your brain. I I wanted to ask you about how to do this. Do we stay at our desk? Do we go outside? Do we walk down the hall? What's the best way? Right. The best way is the way that you're going to consistently do it every single day where you're truly completely unplugged. And that means I'm plugging from your emails, your calls, your texting, and you're, you're being quiet in your head. Uh, you're not talking to anyone. You could, I, I love the idea of going outside because I think nature is very healing for people. If you can get outside and get some fresh air, even if it's just a walk around the building, uh, it doesn't really matter. Or, uh, you know, you could do something as simple as going into the bathroom and sitting on the toilet for two or three minutes. But going to your car, resting your eyes, you know, going somewhere if you can, away from other people if you can, and maybe even telling your coworkers, this is what I'm going to try doing because I mm-hmm. heard that clearing my head really helps so that people don't think you've completely lost your mind when you zone out for five minutes. So right. that's, that's just something that I think is really important and it's easy to do. You just have to be consistent. And I would set an appointment to do it so that it doesn't, you know, one more day goes by and you haven't done it again. The other thing that's really, really effective, and um, uh, a great deal of research has been done on this, is doing uh, simultaneously, uh, simultaneous deep breaths, where you're doing up to 100 breaths at one time, where you keep your mouth open, you're breathing in and out of your mouth, 50 to 100 times continuously. And it takes a little bit of getting used to it, but it only takes about two to three or four minutes, depending on if you can get up to 100 breaths. But this 100 breaths also really recalibrates the whole stress rhythm. 
So that's, what that's is one it? way to get oxygen into your brain because we're not breathing. We're holding our breath when we're stressed, we're uh, not breathing. And then we wonder why we can't react to things very well. I just wanted to ask you why in and out through the mouth as opposed to the nose? It's the, mo- it's the most efficient way to get oxygen into your brain. Okay. And this is not how we teach all breathing exercises, but this is one way when you're trying to, when you're feeling stressed or you know you're kind of going into that spinning mode where you're kind of spinning with stress, that you can get oxygen into your brain quickly. It works really good to do it right before you go to sleep at night. Also, uh, oxygenating your brain before you sleep actually enhances sleep, which is one of the ways that we treat burnout. I knew that this segment would go by quickly because it's just so fascinating to me. I want to make sure we've covered off all of the fast-track treatment plan, which you advocate. What what have we missed? Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to add? I would recommend um, that, you know, we didn't talk about sleep, but it's the only time of day that your nervous system can recalibrate. So if you're not sleeping a minimum of seven hours at night, deep restorative sleep, something has to change because it's the only time you can recover your brain and your body. So, so I would really recommend getting, paying attention to that because that's our number one thing that we work on when people are burned out is sleep. It's got to be deep, restorative sleep. And what would you say to those people who say, yes, I go to my bed and I'm, I'm in my bed for eight hours, but I can't sleep. Help, help me figure out how to do that. <laughs> I would say go to my website and read all about sleep and what you should do to get, get, get yourself to sleep. Um, but, but sleeping, there's lots of information out there on how to get a deep sleep. But when the cortisol rhythms are off, meaning you're making too much cortisol at bedtime, you won't sleep, you won't stay asleep. So that has to be fixed, and it can be fixed very easily by doing some self-care habits and, and even some possible supplementation. It does work to readjust, readjust your cortisol at night. And I have a final question for you before we get a final thought from Dr. Kamkar. Why is your book called Brilliant Burnout? Uh, brilliant burnout is about brilliant women and, and, um, and how they burn out, but how they can rewire their brains, their hormones and their body to be able to stay in the game longer. Because my, my thing is you don't, we don't really have the luxury of just knocking off our stress, but, but we do have the luxury of changing how our body reacts to the stress. And most people don't know what they need to do to be able to protect their body and their brains from stress. And I really believe that that's the answer is not necessarily just breathe, you know, breathe deep and get less stress in your life. It's taking care of yourself so that your body can withstand the stress because we got to stay in the game longer and we need brilliant women. All right. And Dr. Kamkar, I literally have 30 seconds for your final thoughts. I think at 30 seconds, I will say that it's always we need to take a holistic approach to care. It's very individualized, how for each of us to develop our own mental health package. So we talk greatly about the mind-body connection, as well as what are some of the individual changes and responsibilities, as well as organizational from an employer perspective, what we can do so that we can bring more awareness to burnout and move forward all of us together. Thank you both very much for your time. Have a great day. You Thank too. you so much. You too. Dr. Kati Kamkar at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health and Dr. Nisha Jackson, author of Brilliant Burnout. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.